0: Signature win from Mike Anderson.
1: Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast.
0: Welcome to another edition of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello and I am your host bringing you up to date and up to speed on all things St. John's basketball. And today we have a very special season preview podcast for you it's the 2021-22 st john season preview with the man zach braziller of the new york post uh we've done this every single year that we've had this podcast i think it's four years in a row now we've had zach on um, to you know preview the season around this time right before the season starts we are going to hit on it all we are going to hit on the roster we are going to hit on the schedule we are going to hit on the new pieces the transfers the freshmen uh, Julian Champagny, Posh Alexander, where they stand in the hierarchy of you know, the Big East elite. We are going to talk about expectations, where St. John's is expected to finish, what would make a successful season for the Red Storm. We're going to hit on it all uh, with Zach We love when Zach comes on. Uh, He always does a fantastic job. We always thank him for coming on as well. And uh, yeah, so let's just get right into it. It's our 2021 and 2022 St. John's Season Preview with Zach Braziller of the New York Post. Hope you guys enjoy. All right, I'm now joined by the one, the only... New York Post reporter Zach Braziller, who does a fantastic job covering the Johnnies year in and year out, all season long, all off season long as well. Zach, thank you once again for coming on for our annual update.
2: Uh, Troy, I really appreciate you having me. I, you're, you're definitely my favorite St. John's podcast. It feels <laughs> like more and more popping up everywhere. They are great job, and um, I, you know, I really, I really enjoy coming on with you before the season and after the season and. I think this is going to be a fun year.
0: It it will be. It's definitely outside of the first year that I did this when when I had you on and my first question to you uh, for that 2018-19 team was, are they going to the Final Four? Uh, I think (laughs) this is probably the the best team that we've had since I've started doing this podcast, correct?
2: Yeah, I I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, They have a lot of talent. They clearly have two of the top seven or eight players in the league in Julian and Posh have a lot of new pieces that i think on paper at least fit the style much better when you talked about montez Mathis or aaron Wheeler, um, some of the freshmen Omar stanley rafael minzona i i do think that the pieces fit better you look at the guys who left last year they all transferred down mm-hmm. so i think the pieces are in place but like you know we said we just talked about before we started this it could take some time it's nine new players mm-hmm. three new starters Obviously, Dylan is still, you know, working his way back from that minor ankle ankle surgery. So he, he didn't play in the scrimmage yesterday. Mm. So I, I do think people need to, as much as I do think he's a very good team, it could take some time because it is a new team. They basically played two games
0: together. Yeah, so I mean, let's talk about that 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 scrimmage. You know, it's it's we didn't get to see that. It obviously we saw the box score. Um, you know, we saw that it was a loss. I mean, how much stock do you do you really put into you know a loss in a scrimmage, albeit to a team that's you know a Rhode Island team that's not really expected to be very good this season? Do you put any stock into that whatsoever?
2: Um, I think you take certain things from it, but I don't think it's—I don't think it's overly significant. Yeah. Like we said, it's a lot of new players; that are learning to play together. You know, if you just look at the box where Julian played well. Tariq Coburn played really well. there, plus yeah. were plus 22 when he was on the floor. Yeah. Mathis, Smith, and Wheeler all struggled shooting from the field. Mm-hmm. I just think it's something that we really have to take with several grades of salt because you, you didn't watch it. Yeah. I talked to the staff, and, and their feeling was, yeah, they showed us a lot of things that so we have to work on. And not really surprising considering just the newness of this roster mm-hmm. and that's as much as I don't like the non-conference schedule aside from Kansas and Indiana I think that is one bonus with this schedule is it's going to give them time to gel to give Anderson time to kind of find out the lineups he likes. Yeah. And so that is one positive. Now you can look at the flip side and say, well, they may they're not going to be tested enough. Yeah, but they do have two really good games. Mm-hmm. I know Pitt's not good, but Pitt is an ACC team. Colgate, who's won the which has won the Patriot League the last two years, mm-hmm. could be a sneaky good game. Yeah, I don't think this and Saint Peter's. Yeah, those are two teams that I think probably have a chance to finish the top four. the that mm-hmm. it's not a good schedule. There's no doubt. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not. but. I do think it will help them kind of mesh, and yeah. it will allow them to really experiment and kind of figure out what works for them.
0: Mm-hmm. And so I do think there are some bonuses to that. Mm-hmm. In, in terms of that, you know, meshing together as as a group, and along those lines, we saw them in the exhibition game against Baruch go what 10, 11 deep. You know, 10 guys scored in the first couple minutes of that game. In the scrimmage, you look at the minutes; only really seven guys or so played 20 plus minutes. In terms of what you're hearing, you know, do you, do you expect them to kind of go like 10, 11 deep to start the season? Like, do you see them playing a really deep bench, or do you see them kind of cutting it down and maybe going with a seven, eight man rotation throughout the season?
2: I think you're going to see 10 deep. There'll mm-hmm. be certain games where the eighth, ninth, and tenth guy will play more yeah. than maybe they did. But I, you know, I, I I think that at least at the start. Um, Isaiah naively, and I'm probably botching his name, probably <laughs> will be a the odd man out. I think that Omar Stanley is going to be that tenth guy. I think Zone will be the backup point guard. Yeah. You know, I kind of I kind of looked at it, you know, I'm not counting Russo yet because he hasn't played and he's still coming along.
1: Uh-huh.
2: But I kind of looked at it as like you have probably about seven starters where you got the five guys who started against Cruz. You know, Wheeler, Julian, Posh, Soriano, mm-hmm. um, and Mathis, and you also have um, Coburn and Smith. So I mm-hmm. kind of look at it as like you almost have seven guys mm-hmm. who are going to probably play starter minutes. Yeah. Um, I think then you have the two freshmen who are who are going to play, and I and I, you know, and I think Dylan obviously is going to be part of their rotation. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to get 10 And Look, Julian and Posh are probably going to play 30 minutes a game, and yeah. then mm-hmm. trying to see. I do think Smith and Colbert are so important to this team because they're the, after Julian, they're your two best shooters. And last year, when you didn't have those guys who spaced the floor, mm-hmm. you saw how it just made them so much easier to defend. Mm-hmm. you get guys like Colbert and Smith to stretch the floor, it's going to be really much harder to defend Julian and Posh, and it's going you know, to space things out. Mm-hmm. But I do think he'll play like time. We all yeah. know he likes to play a lot of guys. Yeah. He likes his team. They like the freshmen a lot. But look, there will be games where they're the freshmen are going to play four or five minutes. I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah. There will be games, maybe they play 10, 12, 13 minutes.
0: hmm Mm-hmm. Do, do you I mean you know they, you talk about the shooters it felt like last year they didn't really have that third all option that like solid option you know I mean it was kind of game by game with you know Erlington, Williams um, you know various guys stepping up Rasheem Dunn stepping up do you kind of see like them having a, a you know solid third guy behind Julian behind Posh whether it be Steph Smith whether it be uh, Coburn like do you see one guy emerging as the third option
2: I don't know if I don't know if it's going to be one guy consistently. I do think Coburn has a chance to be that guy, mm-hmm. but I also think Smith has a chance to be that guy. You know, I think Mathis has a chance to be that guy. I I, I think it's going to be kind of game to game. Mm-hmm. And,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Look, they have a lot of guys. They have a lot of guys with experience who mm-hmm. played at a high level, and it's all going to you know depend. Like. You Know if they're in a game where they're creating a lot of tournaments and they're in transition time, I think you can see Mathis being that guy. Yeah, if it's a slow down half court game, you can see Coburn be that guy. I definitely think Smith is someone they're going to want to finish games with. He's just he's a really good free throw shooter, he's so smart, he really gets how to play, he doesn't get sped up. Mm-hmm. I think he's another guy that's going to be pivotal. Mm-hmm. So, I, I do think it depends. I, I I don't know if there's going to be like that third guy who's going to average 13, 14 a game. I think you might have three three guys that maybe average between like eight, ten 10 or something like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you, in speaking with the, the staff throughout the offseason, you know, hearing what's going on in practice, is there one transfer of the really five transfers that are going to play big minutes that the staff in your mind, your eyes is kind of higher on than everyone else in terms of their contributions this year?
2: I think Coburn has been the biggest surprise. I don't I don't think they realize how good he is. Uh-huh. And me personally, I, look, I follow Hofstra, so I come with them sometimes. I wasn't really quite sure how much of an impact he could make me. Mm-hmm. but see, I think he's better than people realize, he's really sweet, there's no doubt about that. He's a fifth-year guy, so he's really experienced. Mm-hmm. I think he's the biggest surprise, I, like, they love Julian, I think they like all the transfers, but I, in my eyes, I think Coburn, just from what they thought, I mean, this is a guy who was enrolled, who's in the school, mm-hmm. and wasn't even going to play, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he decides, hey, I think I can do it, mm-hmm. reaches out to them, he recruited them, reaches out to them, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden, he's on the team, and look, <laughs> Julian said he thinks he's their best shooter on the team, now, I think Julian's their best shooter, I think it's just what Julian is, he's modest, yeah. but I think Coburn is just really good, he's mm-hmm. going to really help them, because, see, at Hofstra, he has to kind of be a playmaker, he has to do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And same thing kind of with Steph Smith of Vermont. Now these are two guys who kind of don't have to be playmakers. They can kind of you know play off Julian and Posh and some other guys, and I think that's just going to really help, really help this team to have two guys who really can hit an open shot, which is something they really lack. You know when you play Dunn and Posh together, and it's Posh, you know Posh had that stretch where he was shooting three but yeah. he's not. He wasn't shooting last year. They were so easy to defend. You just play off them. And now, if you compare him with Pop, with with Steph Smith or yeah. Coburn, or even Pinzone who can't hit a jump shot, mm-hmm. to me it makes him so makes Posh so much harder to fit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about Pinzone a little bit. Um in what we got to see in the scrimmage I mean you have to obviously account that it's it's not a very good opponent in Baruch but he looked really good in that scrimmage I feel like you know a couple of months ago there was talk of him you know not even really really playing much and almost redshirting this season you know what do you expect out of a guy like Pinzone who who I think and and you you seem to think as well could you know play a really solid role for this team
2: yeah, I think if they had their choice, they'd like him to be the backup point guard. Yeah, and kind of have Steph Smith more play off the ball, be a shooter. Because first of all, they obviously have a lot invested in Pinzon. Mm-hmm. He is a talented guy. Mm-hmm. He can shoot. He has skill. Now, I do think defense is going to be an issue for him. He's, you know, that's going to be one thing I would watch. You know, mm-hmm. staying in front of guys might be challenging for him. But they obviously have, you know, have plenty of help. They're not going to ask him to guard the best player there. I, I think he can you know, be conservative. Like I said, I think there are games where he's going to play three, four minutes. But there are mm-hmm. games where he might play a lot. You know, Posh gets in foul trouble. He's a guy that, to me, I don't, I don't think he's going to be kind of scared of the moment. He played at a really high level at, at Long Island, mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. played internationally with Puerto Rico. He can't help him. I don't think there's any doubt. And look, for a team that really struggled shooting the ball at times for the perimeter, Julian wasn't going last year, he's another guy that forces him to guard him. That's being so important mm-hmm. with St. John's. They have a lot of guys that you can support that, that you will have to guard. Even look at the middle. Look, it's Peru. But Soriano had skill. Uh-huh. There's no doubt about it. Now, he might struggle with quickness or agility athleticism, and maybe there's some other big in the Big East. But he will score in the post. Mm-hmm. The guy, he's a big guy who has the talent where you have to guard him. You mm-hmm. didn't have to guard Josh Roberts or no, you know, or, um, or Toro last year. Mm-hmm. He's a guy you have to defend. To me, they just have so many more options and weapons than they
1: had last
0: year. Mm. How do you see them using a guy like Soriano? You Because know, obviously the, t- the system doesn't really fit in terms of like a back-to-the-basket type player um you know in, in terms of what you've seen in practice you know how, how do you think that they'll kind of use a guy like Soriano uh on the offensive end
2: look I think where Soriano really helps them and it's kind of the same thing with Coburn is in the half court Cause mm-hmm. we all know how much they struggled that year. kind of went back to like, Julian and Posh weren't scoring the half court they really had problems yeah. Getting shots uh-huh. now with a guy like Soriano, you could throw it to him with the post, and he's gonna be the score he's gonna make teams that just creates an opening for everyone. Now, I don't think he's playing more than 15 20 minutes mm-hmm. just because of the style of the system, but he will help. You. I don't think there's any doubt, you know, mm-hmm. when you're playing the big the teams with the bigs like UPI and Providence, having a 6 11 guy there will help whether he's just giving a few fouls and mm-hmm. you know. It, 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 it's a different... He gives you a different dimension, you know. There are games where... It's just... teams are, it's, there, are there are games where St. John's will not be able to pass. But yeah. The game will be a half-four game. Mm-hmm. And to have a big guy there who can get a rebound, who can score, who can <laughs> throw the balls, to me is just such a... It's just such a new dynamic for this... That this team really... I mean, when's the last time St. John's had someone you could post up? I mean, Crystal Beckley, you could even post <laughs> nope. up. Nope. <wasn't laughs> right? I mean, it's been forever. Yeah. And that, to me, is... And I am like, not saying Joel, Joel's gonna be a all movies player, uh-huh. but he is a guy that to me will get you eight and get
1: you eight and seven. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. And I think even on the defensive end, having a guy like that, that's not going to get bullied and and get pushed around. Like you mentioned, they've they've never had, you know, a true big man like that, that, you know, the Nate Watsons of the world can can just, you know, bully around. It feels like it's been so long on the defensive end, too, that they've had someone that can actually, you know, rebound and, and defend these bigger guys in the Big East.
2: Yeah, look, he's now Soriano's not a big time rim protector, although uh-huh. he can block a shot here or there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I completely agree. He's gonna help on the defensive glass, which is such a big issue for this team. Mm-hmm. Because the way St. John's plays, if you can't if you can get if you get defensive rebound, that just, just leads to the break. Mm-hmm. And that's one area this this team has really struggled forever, and especially in Mike Anderson's two years, to have someone like Soriano and Aaron Wheeler and, and Julian to a lesser extent. Who can really, you know,
1: hit the defensive glass and can start that great to be is such a
2: underrated thing that people don't talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's where that's where Joel should fit in the
1: style.
2: She mm-hmm. clears that glass, he gets the ball apost and they're off the running. Yeah. You know, he's not a rim runner, he's not gonna beat guys down the course with dunks, mm-hmm. but he is someone who aver- he almost averaged a double double last year. And yes, it's for but you can also look at it and say, well, he was the only guy in Florida who was good last year. Yeah. So teams were going to double him, and he's still almost average double-double. Mm-hmm. So I look, I think he will help this team, no doubt about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he, he tried pretty well yesterday. He had, I think he had 16-9. Yeah. And he did well against a team that had some, you know, URI had some good things. Look, I tweet, they're not expected to be one of the best teams in the, the, the Atlanta. They're not. But you know what? Who knows? They might be better than
1: people think. Yeah. They're picked seventh, but, you know. So they're picked around the middle of the pack in that league,
2: but you never know. You know, project like St. John's was picked ninth last year. So I think people are going a little over overboard. while well, they lost to the scrimmage from the middle of the pack, Atlantic Ten. It's it was Halloween. <laughs> season on the start for two weeks. Just just be patient. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, and and uh, we'll we'll I mean we'll round out the the rest of the roster here. Aaron Wheeler, you kind of touched on him a little bit. I think Wheeler is going to be a guy that gets like you know three to four baskets a game in transition. He just seems like he runs the floor so well for them. Uh, I, I like I mean they've had guys like that in the past, but I think Wheeler is just you talk. It, we talked about it all off season, him being a perfect fit for this system. I really think he is just like a perfect fit for the, for how they play.
2: Um, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. He's, he's look, he's long, he's athletic, mm-hmm. he can shoot, although I I think he might get a little three happy at times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I kind of look at him and Matthews the same way. These are both talented guys who have yet to really put it together, yeah. and they come from, from teams whose styles really didn't fit their skill set. You know, Purdue Rutgers are not teams that get out in transition. They're teams that... You know, play half court styles. I don't think that's really where these two guys thrive. I think they could really fit in well, play with posh and getting up and down. They're just both are really, really, really good athletes
1: mm-hmm.
2: that are very good defenders and can really score in transition. I think that's really where those two guys can excel. And look, you know, kind of you kind of look at like at who they're replacing. You know, Mathis is replacing Greg For as much as
1: I like Greg. he had some issues. Yeah, consistency wasn't there,
2: and like. Marcellus had some nice moments, but Aaron Wheeler is a is a superior athlete.
1: Definitely. There's no
2: question about it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he fits this system much, much better. You know, they're gonna use him, I think, a lot of the way they use Isaiah Moore. You know, he'll be at the top of the press. Um, you know, they'll they'll do some high lows with, with him and Soriano. Mm-hmm. He can shoot the ball a little, so I think that will be something they look at. I think, unlike Isaiah, he's a little more of a composed player, mm-hmm. I guess, to put it kindly. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: so, yeah, but I do think, you know, it, it will take those guys' time, too, because, look, these guys are used to, you know, slow, slow, slow down south. They're not used to getting and getting and go. They're mm-hmm. not used to picking up whole courts like. They're obviously capable of doing it, but I think it's
0: something that could take time for them to, you know, find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and talking about that, you know, taking the time to mesh. We we did touch earlier on the on the non-conference schedule. You know, obviously it's you know you've been critical of it. I've been critical of it. Everyone's been critical of it. You you, you know we mentioned that it's going to take some time for them to mesh, and it might be good to play some of these teams. I just fear that it puts a lot of pressure on. The Kansas game and the Indiana game, where you're kind of saying they kind of need to win one of those games, correct? I mean, just to like get anything out of this non-conference schedule, you obviously have to beat all of the you know low-major teams, and then you've got to beat Pitt, and you really got to split with those two teams, right? Yeah, I, I don't
2: disagree. I think you need to you need to find win, win one of those two, mm-hmm. and then you're really counting on making huge inroads in the Big Yeah. You know, so no, I I don't disagree. I do think Colgate could be a sneaky
1: good one. Yeah,
2: uh-huh. I'm not saying it's not. It probably won't be a quad one, but that could end up being a quad two game. Uh-huh. Colgate. Uh, I forgot who they played in the tournament last year, but they played a pretty good team. And they gave them all they could handle. Yeah, I think... they they made it the tournament the last two years. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I don't think I actually think Colgate could be a sneaky good game. Pit is not supposed to be good, no. but you know, you never know. But yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, I I think the Indiana game is. Look, Kansas is really good. Mm-hmm. I would think St. John's would be like a six-point favorite or so in that game. Indiana to me is the game they got to get. Yeah, it's a road game. It's basically a toss-up. My like St. John's, Indiana has a lot of new players. They have a new coach. Mm-hmm. They'll only be a, it'll be their first you know legit game. Just like St. John's, will be their first legit game. That's the game to me they got to get mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that'll be it. That'll most likely be a quad-one game. It's a re- It's a. It's an early opportunity to really kind of say, hey, we're we're pretty good. And you're not playing, you know, you're not playing a team that's, you know, you're not playing Kansas. You're mm-hmm. not, you know, you're not playing uh, an elite opponent. You're uh, playing a team that's probably similar to you, maybe a little worse. Mm-hmm. So that to me is, that to me is the game that I'd be zeroed in on that you really want to try to
0: get. Yeah, and then, you know, talking about the conference, I mean, if you do go 9-2 and two in non-conference play and like you mentioned you're really your two best wins are against Pitt and Colgate that puts you in a spot in the Big East where I mean you probably have to win what like 13 14 games in the car probably about 13 games in the conference go like 13 and seven to have like a real you know case for the NCAA tournament I mean how, how many games do you see them winning you know, in yeah go ahead
2: I think it, I think it really like I think it just depends on who you beat. uh-huh you know if, if you win if you win 11 games but you beat Villanova, yeah. UConn, Xavier, Seton Hall, it's different than if you win 13 games and you just beat the worst teams in the league. I uh-huh. mean, it all—it all—it all, it all depends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in terms of how many can they win? You know, they can win 12 or 13. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's crazy. I—I I think the league is—I I think Villanova is clearly the best team, mm-hmm. and I think you have about five teams that are all kind of around the same: mm-hmm. Xavier, Seton Hall, St. John's. UConn mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I think yeah, all those teams are kind of in the same boat. Mm-hmm. I know people are ranking UConn. I actually have a number twenty-five in my preseason top twenty-five. But I think I think Dan Hurley made a mistake. I've said it a few times. I think he should have went out and got a transfer. Mm-hmm. I think they're a score short of being a really good team. I think they're going to be terrific inside. I think they're going to be a really good defense team. I just I don't know where their story comes from. You ever watched them last year without James Bookman? Mm-hmm. They look like an NIT team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now unless one of these guys just takes a huge leap. I just it's it, when you go into a season and you don't know who your number one or number two score is, to
0: me is you know That's a problem. You, you know, leave yourself open. I, and I get it. I I guess the
2: I've heard that UConn's big thing is recruiting is we're not we're the school that doesn't take transfer. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna recruit over you with a transfer. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's helped them get some of these good recruits. Yeah. But I do think it was a mistake that they didn't go out and get a guy like a perimeter player who can definitely get you 13, 14 points. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Is Villanova the the clear number one team in this conference? I mean, or, or would it shock you to see someone you know upseat them for for you know the they're regular season? the clear number count. one. But yeah. I
2: don't. You know, I don't think they're the. I don't think they're far and away better than everyone else. Uh-huh. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win the league. But look, they're, you know, coming this year, you said, well, this is probably a Villanova secret depth. But uh, then, you know, Cosby is not going to play, yeah. obviously. Antoine's dealing with, a, you know, another injury. He's dealt with a million of them, so their depth isn't quite as good. You know, I think the key to Villanova is Justin Moore. I thought he was going to be one of the best players in the country last year. Mm-hmm. He really did not have a great year. Mm-hmm. Coming off that really good freshman year, I, I expected more. Now, is he going to make that leap that Villanova players usually make? Mm-hmm. We'll mm-hmm. see. He mm-hmm. didn't make it from freshman to sophomore year. He was, to me, he, he disappointed me. I, I thought he was going to be a potential Player of the Year candidate. And he was a good player, but he wasn't nearly as good as I thought. Mm-hmm. So, and look, they're clearly going to miss Robinson. I was yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, look, they're the best team, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're far and away. Like, I I don't think Illinois was a top five team in the country. I think they're more kind of like okay. 11 to 13, 12 to 14
0: range. Okay, okay. And that's, yeah, I've seen a lot of people with them in the top, you know, 10 or top five probably.
2: <laughs> I just think they're, I just think that they really were hopeful at hand that Brian Antle was going to have a huge year. Now he's got another injury uh-huh. to a ton of practice on it. You know, and there was another significant development where where um, Zach fremantle has got a foot injury; yeah. he's not going to be back until December. I know Xavier's non-conference schedule isn't great, mm-hmm. but missing a lot of time, is, you know, is bad. It's, 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 it's bad. That's why it was so it was so important to me that that Julian coming off that wrist surgery. Mm-hmm was able to get back to get a few weeks of practicing before the season started. Mm-hmm. It's, it's tough to miss games, you know. It, 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 people think, oh, it's going to be back, you know, mid December, but what is she going to be? Is going to take a time to work back into shape. Yeah, you know, that, that could be a significant, that could be something significant to Washington.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. I, I, is there, is there one team not in that, like, obviously the Villanova, and then that kind of second tier that you think could kind of make a jump and, and surprise some people and maybe be a tournament team as kind of like we saw St. John's do last year, maybe a team that's picked a little bit lower that you think might surprise some people?
2: No, Obviously Providence, I mean, look, it's a scrimmage. I don't want to go nuts, but, I mean, they played they beat Purdue. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be a Final Four contender. Uh-huh. Look, they, they, they brought in some guys. That I, I don't you know, obviously Boston's back, you mm-hmm. know. That was a team last year that really underachieved. They were supposed to be one of the top three or four teams in the league. If there's one team I, I would go, Providence. I, I just I find it funny that so many national people are so high on Craig. Yeah.
0: Like mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand it. Uh-huh. The coaches got it right beat. They have a. When has when has a team with freshmen ever wanted to be?
0: No, it doesn't now, happen. If
2: Creighton had like three top 20 guys, I would say, okay, mm-hmm. they don't. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying Creighton's going to be a doormat, but I just don't think they're really a factor in this league. They're just way too young. They lost their entire starting five. I, some people just need to do a little more research and just kind of look at the history, of the, the recent history of the league and look what they've lost. I, I don't see it with Creighton. I think I think Providence is the one team that maybe can show up for that second
1: group. You know,
2: Marquette's gonna be a rough year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They they don't have a point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you know, unless we're talking about one of their freshmen, that's obviously always tough.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um I think Georgetown is going to have a really tough year. So yeah. they, they lost 83-47 to to Virginia in the scrimmage. Ugh. They lost a ton of guys. Uh-huh. Hoyas fans, you know, they, they, they think they're going be better than they expect, but mm-hmm. I, I, just, I just don't see it. They, they they, lost so much. They're going to be playing a ton of freshmen. Mm-hmm. Count as those freshmen are. Uh, you know, I, I can see Georgetown I'm gonna pick the ball last, but I can see Georgetown finishing last. Okay. I, I think it's gonna be a really tough year for them. You know, I mean we've seen it we seen it with team in this league. We saw it with Steve Hall when, years ago when they had all those great freshmen. Mm-hmm. You don't win in this league with freshmen. It just mm-hmm. it doesn't it never happens.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, so I, I you know, that second tier right now to me is or that third tier right now is is Providence, Crate, Marquette. But I do think Providence is the best this season. Could you know make a leap if some guys have better years of the spectrum?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, in terms of, of you know the expectations for St. John's, you know we we have spent all this time on them. I think that the a fair expectation is make the tournament and win, or not expectation but goal, make the tournament and win a, an NCAA tournament game. Um you know what needs to happen in your mind and and, and what is the biggest question for this team you know in, in terms of being able to achieve that goal and being able to to win a tournament game what's like the the one question that you think needs to get answered
2: I mean I think it's defense mm-hmm. You know, you know, you talk about that meshing and everything, but it's defense. Mm-hmm. You know Anderson talked about it. Anderson said they, they were not good enough defensively last year. They just weren't. They scored they actually, you know, in all this talk we have that I had about their shooting last year, they scored well enough to win. They, yeah. Their defense was so inconsistent. Uh-huh. That to me is the key. They have the pieces, but they have they have to defend more like they did his first year. You know what you you hope. You hope they defend more like the first year, and they they score similar to last year, mm-hmm. and then you're looking at a very good team. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
2: I think I think one winning tournament is very realistic. I mm-hmm. think that's a very fair expectation. Yeah. Now, if they made the tournament and lost the tough first round game, would I kill them now? Mm-hmm. But I think that's if they win the game, of the tournament to be. You know, that, that would that would be a good year. And I, and I think it's very possible. You know, we, we could talk about all the new guys and everything, but when you return two of the league's best league players, mm-hmm. or seven players, whatever it is, you should be good. Mm-hmm. I think Julian's got a legit shot to be a first round pick. Yeah. I think, you know, Posh has gotten stronger. And, you know, I just watching that game against can you just seem more confident and in yeah. control. I think these two guys could be really good players. I can see them both being all league first team players. I think Julian's going to have a monster season, and it's just, he's wired right
1: You
2: know, mm-hmm. you know we've seen these guys test the draft, waters, they come back to St. John's, and maybe not live up expectations. expectations, solid cons. We saw it years ago with Jakar Samson, yep. who they just playing for the NBA. What Julian has to do for the Scouts is exactly what he has to do for this team. He has to play, Defense. he has to be more of a playmaker. He has to improve defensively. Mm-hmm. To, you know, maybe get his body. He's actually lost weight. Like he, he looks good. Uh-huh. Like he looks like he's, he looks really good. I think he's, he must have spent a lot of time without that wrist injury, running or, or what. His body looks good. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I think he's primed to have a really big year. I think he's gonna have a shot at being first round pick. I, I really do. I, teams love his. Teams love his personality, his character, his, you know, his leadership traits. He can really shoot. which we all know, is such a such a big thing they look at in the NBA he's got great size for a wing now he's got to improve some of his lateral quickness his defending and his playmaking but I think he's going to have a big year I mean I I can see him being the player of the year in the league and Mm -hmm. even being a a contender for some Mm All-American
0: do you you think St. John's puts two guys on the All-Big East team at the end of the year between Julian and Posh
2: I think there's a good shot. I think Paasha's gonna have a really good year, mm-hmm. and I think it's better suited for him to have success. You know, remember he had a great freshman year, and there was no off-season. You know, yeah. there was no off-season program because of COVID. There was a limited non-conference schedule.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now he has a full off-season with no, you know, he's with, with basically no issues. He's, you know, he's got guys around him that that kind of fit him better in terms mm-hmm. of as you can shoot, spread the court. Mm-hmm. He knows the league, he's played a year. I, I, I think he's got a I think he's got a good shot. Mm-hmm. I mean I'd be stunned if Julian isn't, mm-hmm. but I think Posh has a very good shot. Um, to make to make uh, the first team, I, I think I think St. John's have two of the top five or six player, best players in the league, mm-hmm. and when you have that,
1: you should have a very good season.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, it should be a really fun season. Um, you also have a, some new coverage of, of the Red Storm with your Post uh, Plus. I want to give you a chance now to uh, explain to fans, you know, what's that, what that's all about, how they can subscribe to that, and uh, the type of work that you put out with that.
2: Well, I really appreciate that. So, the, the the post is going to this new thing in our sports, especially called Post Plus, where we have select things that are that you have to pay for. It's kind of like ESPN's
1: Insider. Mm-hmm. So,
2: we'll have the, the pro teams will do weekly newsletters. We have select columns. We'll have certain features. All the Saints John stuff is free, but within this, I'm doing a new text messaging service. That fans can sign, you know, it, it all's part of the post. Plus, if you sign up, mm-hmm. you know, we we have our fantasy person does one, our mm-hmm. hockey writer Molly Walker has one, Mike McCarroll has one, and you know, I'll just be updating people on little little things that's going on, whether it's a conversation with coach or, you know, my observations, recruiting, and you know, mm-hmm. so far we have about two hundred and thirty subscribers to my nice. tech service, which is, you know, I think is pretty good. The season hasn't started. Um, but yeah, you know, I just you know want to be clear. My all my articles will still be free, and this is just like a bonus. If you don't want to do it, I it's, I will not hold it against you. If you would like to do it, feel free. You know, I I try to respond to every single person who asks. You know, you are free to text me anytime you want. I I try to respond to everyone as as much as I can, um, and you know I think it's a it's a cool thing. I kind of try to bring you. Bring you, bring you behind the curtain a little bit, as much
0: as this uh, coaching staff allows. <laughs> and, and I will say, opening yourself up to to get text messages from people in this fan base is maybe you know not the the, the best idea. So I commend you on that effort, allowing this fan base to uh, to reach out to you because we do have some uh, some crazy in this fan base. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it's fun, though. I, I really, I think it, it, it's a really good fan base. It's a fan base that deserves a winner. And, Passionate. You know, I, 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 started, um, <laughs> I started covering St. John's, I believe it was 2014. It was the junior year of Harrison, Pointer, yes. Green. You know, I thought that team was going to be really good. I, I mean, I thought they had Sweet 16 written all over them. It was obviously a dismal year. They made the NIT. It was mm-hmm. a huge disappointment.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I thought Moan's team had a chance. Mullen's team had a chance to be really good, brilliant, brilliant. There were shortcomings there of coaching otherwise. Yeah. The front court. I think this team definitely has a shot to be the best team I've covered. Mm -hmm. I think it has a chance to be a top 25 team. We'll see how the pieces fit. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be fun here. I, I just love to know what it'd be like covering St. John's when they're actually good. Yeah. Like, legitimately good. It's, you know, it's so fun to cover a bad team. And look, they weren't a bad team last year. They weren't no. even a bad team, Anderson's first year. Uh-huh. But I think this team has the potential, if once they really gel and get going, to be pretty good. and, you know, they're picked fourth in the league. I I can see them finishing sixth. I can see finish them finishing second. Mm-hmm. I, neither would surprise me. I think there's a lot of depth in this league. There's a lot of balance. But when you have two of the better players in the league, I'll put it this way. Very, I don't know if you're going to have a night. Maybe against Villanova, you want to make that argument. But I don't know if there will be a nice play when St. John doesn't have the best player on the floor
1: Yeah, uh-huh. and
2: that's and that's something you can really say. Mm-hmm. So when you have the best player on the floor, you have a shot to win. Mm-hmm. And. You know, you can't argue with Gillespie, but I think you could say any league St. John's would have the best player on the floor mm-hmm. with Julian. Some, a lot of Knights have the best player on the yeah. floor uh-huh. with Julian and Posh.
0: And that's, that's a pretty significant thing. Mm-hmm. It, it, it should be a fun season. We know that you will uh, be there along the way covering it. Zach, you do a phenomenal job. We always appreciate you coming on here and talking St. John's. And, you know, man, I hope you have a great season covering them. Hopefully our fans don't drive you too crazy. And hopefully we get to see a winner this year.
2: Yeah, it should be fun. I mean, I, I can't wait for the first game with actual fans. You know, even even the actual even the Baruch game was fun. Yeah, actually, having people there. I went to a few games last year. It was it was just so depressing, empty. You know, it was almost like covering a scrimmage. And yeah, uh-huh. I mean, I I think it could be a lot of fun this year. I, I really
0: do. Mm-hmm. All right, Zach, thank you so much for the time. Have a good season, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you at the end of the year. Hopefully, 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 we won't be talking to you until like late March, maybe or early April next year. Maybe, you know? maybe we'll
2: be talking uh, before the tour
0: How about that? Yeah, or that, or that. That's even better. All right, Zach. Thank you so much, man. Have a great rest of your day. All right, man.
2: Have a good one.
0: All right. All right. Thank you once again to Zach Braziller of the New York Post. for coming on what was a fourth straight season to preview the Red Storms 2021-2022 season a season that we have very very high expectations really the highest that they've been I think since I started this podcast maybe the first year in in uh, in 20 20- 2018-19, the uh, last season and and Mullen's last season as well. Maybe the expectations were a little bit higher that season, but really right on level, I would say, with with what they are this year. If you are a uh, St. John's fan and if you want that New York Post Sports Plus as Zach mentioned you can go on the New York Post website if you're on the sports section they have a, an icon right here you can try New York, uh, New York Post Sports Plus for free uh, it's a it's a one month free trial and then after that it's $4.99 a month you can cancel any time uh, no contracts nothing like that as Zach mentioned you know you get the text updates from him um, uh, you know if if he you know speaks with coach with, with uh, coaches or if he gets you know a little recruiting update or something like that you know you will get that you have access to you know reach out to Zach and, and and ask a question and he will get back to you as he mentioned so definitely a really cool service definitely check it out if you're a big enough st John's fan that you're listening to this podcast and that you're at this point in this podcast 40 minutes in you're probably a big enough fan that you would want to subscribe to that post, post sports plus to get those uh, early updates on on a any stories related to St. John's, you know, just saying. So, so definitely uh, seems like it would be there's a you know a large crossover in between people that are interested in this podcast and people that would be interested in that service. But yeah, I mean, just to close it out, we'll I'll talk a little bit about the the scrimmage loss. I mean, how much. Stock? Do you really put into that? I don't put in much, if anything. You know who knows really how that game was played. Zach seemed to think it. You know they really just played it as 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 what it was, which is a scrimmage. You know Julian played well. He shot seven of fifteen from the field. He scored twenty points. Pasha only scored what uh, six points, but he did have seven assists. You know it's going to take some time for this team to gel. You know as Zach mentioned, it's not going to be a Thing for where right away you know this team knows how to play with each other and is you know firing all, on all cylinders this is a team that you know while they do have a lot of talent, they didn't bring back a whole lot of talent, there's not a whole lot of continuity, I guess, is what I'm trying to say because they did bring back a lot of talent, but that talent is really just two or three players if you count uh, Wusu who's out right now injured. So there is a lot of turnover. When you have that much turnover, it's not going to be an overnight thing where you are, you know, clicking right away. Uh, it's going to take some time. I think that's as Zach mentioned one of the benefits to maybe the softer non-conference schedule is that, you know, it gives Anderson a chance to maybe play around with some lineups. It gives him a chance to kind of go 10, 11, maybe 12 deep into that bench to kind of see what he has from from this entire team it Kind of gives him a chance, like we said, to mix and match some different lineups. And you know, when you're playing Mississippi Valley State and St. Peter's and Fairleigh Dickinson and NJIT, you know, those are teams that you can kind of mess around with lineups that you can kind of you know tinker a little bit because you don't necessarily need to play an A plus game to beat those teams because they are low major teams that you're just you'll have the talent advantage and you'll have the best four, five, six uh, players on the or four or five players on the court at any time. So. You know, I think that that's maybe one advantage of the non-conference, like we mentioned with Zach. And the, the big disadvantage is, is, you know, like we said – they have got to win either Indiana or Kansas. They've they've got to win one of those games to make this non-conference really mean anything at all. You know, I, I think they almost have to run the table against all of these low majors, which they should do, and as they have done in the past under Anderson. Um, they need to beat Colgate. They need to beat Pitt, and then they really need to get a split versus indiana and kansas to go into conference play at 10 and 1 you'd obviously then have a win over one of those two teams and then you know colgate and pitt as your other two you know signature quote-unquote non-conference wins and i think that would be really the only way that you get something out of uh, non-conference play so there is a lot of pressure on those two team two games and you know Indiana is really two weeks away, so it there's a lot of pressure, but we'll see. They just they really got to get one of those two games. There are the positives and the negatives of having this really really soft uh, non-conference slate for St. John's. But yeah, we will uh, we will be back next week. Now we'll do an episode really right after the the season opener uh, against Mississippi Valley. Uh, from there, you know, listen, if, if you are listening to this podcast, if you're a listener to this podcast and you're interested in coming on and breaking down games after a game, I would love to have you. I'm always looking to expand the, uh, the amount of people that I have helping out with this show. So, you know, you don't have to be a journalist. You don't have to be a reporter or anything like that. If you're just a fan who is confident in, you know, your ability to, you know, accurately or, you know, do a good job breaking down a game uh, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter and 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 I would love to have you on uh, to do to, to, you know one of these games coming up you know I've got a, a good dedicated uh, you know couple of, of guys that I have right now and I'm always looking to expand that and on that note as well um, I'm gonna try to do some more of those like instant reaction post game episodes or uh, post game things the, uh, periscope is not a thing anymore I don't think but I'm gonna try to do them on the Twitter spaces I think it's called not totally familiar with that so, I maybe play will play around with it a few times, but I believe that that allows fans to or listeners to kind of send in their audio thoughts as well uh, while I'm doing the space. So, that could be kind of something cool to do uh, as like an instant reaction type thing. And I can maybe put that out as a podcast after the show or after the game. So, um, yeah, we'll see about all that. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure all that out, but definitely, uh, definitely something that maybe could be happening for this season, but for now. Uh, Thank you all for listening. I'll be back next week with the recap of the St. John's Mississippi Valley State season opener at Carneseca Arena. And for the last time this offseason, as we head into the regular season, let's go Johnny's.